Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Brune, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. And Colin, today we're joined by Aaron Scott, um, forward for North Texas men's basketball. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Now, um, we had John on last week, and um, John is always a funny guy. And, um, yeah, he, he went on about – talked about his horses, talked about everything <laughs> under the sun. So, um, yeah, we had a long interview there. We won't keep you as long, but a lot to talk about, obviously, with uh, the season coming up, um, a couple weeks away from that, that scrimmage, obviously, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the season starts after that. But I just want to start off. Uh, with your overall feeling going into the year, just how you think you know the team's coming about, and just what your overall you know vibe is at this moment. Uh, I'm feeling really good about this team, uh, about the new players. Uh, I feel like they they bought in, uh, they they bought into the winning program, they bought into the winning ways. Uh, yeah, I'm just feeling really good about this team. Obviously, uh, new head coach. Ross Hodge, he's been there forever. Is it is it any different than Grant? I mean, it's 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 different on the offensive side because this year we want to you know push the ball, you know play in transition. But um, other than that, it's it's nothing different. It's just Hodge, just the man standing up. Uh, it's nothing different. Does do you think that that like maybe up more up tempo type stuff? Do you think that'll open the court up for you and like Ruben? Do you think it suits y'all better? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I really think it, it benefits our team uh, with the players we got. You know, Bugs can really shoot shoot the ball. You know, him getting out in transition. Uh, you know, Rube. You know, he, he loves to play fast. You know, he like the flashy passes. Mm-hmm. You know, Moo and Rob. You know, they can run. Our big man can really run. You know, I can run in transition. So yeah. I think it really benefits our team. What's the what's the change been like from going to obviously last year's offense to this year's offense? Is it kind of has everyone kind of caught on quickly, or, or is it still like a learning thing? Uh, you know, it's it's still a learning thing, but um, you know, everybody's catching on pretty quickly. Uh, you know, it it is different than last year than Coach Mac's offense, so it's it's really different for me. But um, I think I'm I'm catching on pretty quickly. Um, has Ruben so has Ruben thrown more? fancy passes or or the same amount? Uh, I say more for sure <laughs> more <laughs> bro I, it's crazy I remember him as a freshman coming in throwing behind the back passes and I was like yeah this this dude is different yeah. a little different coming in from, from Yates yeah. um I did have a question though because we talked to 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 bugs and stuff and we, t- we talked about your development uh but where has your what do you feel like your biggest area of growth has been from last year even to, to this year uh, I think just taking advantage of my mismatches, you know, um, you know, last year uh, when I used to set screens, I used to switch a lot and um, I never took advantage of having a little guy on me. And I just think this year I'm going to be able to take more advantages of that. Uh, last last podcast, let's say last year, last podcast, uh, like Bruno said, we had bugs on. He, he mentioned that uh, he thinks you're an NBA player. So do you do you personally think you've taken that step and what's that mean for you? Uh, you know, that's. That's <laughs> that's a big step. Uh, personally, I don't think I'm there yet, but I think I'm getting there for sure. Uh, and I think this year, I think I, I can prove uh, that I'm almost there, that I'm closer to getting there. When when you went into the offseason and saying, all right, I want to expand my offensive game or, you know, I want to get better at attacking mismatches, how did you go about, uh, like, approaching that challenge? Like, did you – 
you know, watch film on NBA players and how they do it? Or like, did you, you know, talk to coaches? Like, how do you approach that? Uh, well, yeah, I just was in the gym getting a lot of shots up. And um, me and Coach Shaw, we, we watched a lot of, like, you know, Russell Westbrook, how he took advantage of his mismatch and the dribble down, uh, Melo. Uh, me and Coach Shaw just been working on all that. Do you have a favorite NBA player? Uh, I don't know. I used to – it used to be Russell Westbrook growing up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I kind of got out of that. It's really like KD now, KD, Paul George. Yeah, yeah. interesting. So do you have a favorite team too or just players? Uh, I mean the Rockets. I'm from. Yeah. Oh, I guess Houston. Houston. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you guys just got Almond Thompson. Yeah, he's he, crazy. I, I like him. Yeah. He's crazy. Do you want to Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about offense. Uh, defensively, is is anything really changed, or is it same, it's still going to be the same? Same, grind same? Grind you down. Grinding dirty, <laughs> loose balls, first to the floor. Same, same stuff. How much of an adjustment was it for the new guys who came in? Because obviously you had you had quite a bit of new guys come in. Was I mean, it- it's you know, defense is, is pretty <laughs> hard to learn. So um, it was a definitely like a big adjustment. I think that's the biggest thing uh, about the new guys, just the defensive part, you know. But they, they bought in and, you know, they're coming along quickly. All right, Colin, we got to start keeping track of the of – the, uh, the adjectives that players use to describe the this team and this defense. We had, <laughs> we had Bugs last week say it's a punch you in the face defense. Uh, we got A Scott coming in saying grimy, gritty, all that stuff. Gritty, so all that. <laughs> got to get it put in the graphic. Um, we we've kind of talked about the offense already, but I, I do think it is interesting because fans are are like you know we we've kind of seen the same offense the past few years, same type mm-hmm. tempo and everything. Does it feel like even in the half court, does it feel like there's more pace to it? There's more, I guess, purpose to it early in the clock? Yeah, it's there's definitely more pace, more move, more moving, more getting in and out of ball screens. It's just it's definitely a faster pace. What what is it like with, with the guards that y'all have now? I mean, there's y'all have a ton of guards that can yeah. handle the ball and can play. I mean, if you go down just the, the whole roster, mm-hmm. um, what what is that like? Um kind of learning to play off of them and see how they kind of um, play on offense? You know, it's, it's really been easy because, um, you know, it's just basketball. So mm-hmm. you're just playing basketball at the end of the day. So and we have very smart guys. So it's really easy just playing off them, reading them, you know. Yeah. Is there anyone this year that's going to like kind of, you think jump out like out of any of the newcomers who surprised you the most? Uh, Jason, Jason Edwards. Mm-hmm. He can really shoot the ball like, yeah. like sniper. Like can't leave him sniper. So I think that's gonna really surprise a lot of people. I I haven't obviously we haven't seen them like you know in person and stuff. But um, he comes in at you know six foot, can really shoot it. JUCO, yeah. kind of sounds like a little bit of Tyler uh, yeah, exactly. in that regard. Do you see that similar similarities there? Yeah, I do. But you know, they're two different players. Uh, but they both can shoot the ball like sniper. Can't can't leave him. But yeah, I, I do see the, the similarity, but two different players. For sure. We kind of talked about, um, obviously, you, you wanting to um, handle mismatches better. Is there what, what else in your game on the offensive side has really changed? Because at the end of last season in the NIT especially, it was like kind of your offensive breakout, at least to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- what else do you think we'll see from you this year? Uh, just me getting to my spots, uh, the spots I like, uh, the elbow, you know, around the mid-range area, just me getting to my spots. Over the offseason, I'm curious because 
I feel like players are different uh, depending on, you know, what they like doing. Are you more of an individual workout guy? Do you like playing pickup? Uh, do you like finding runs? Like how do you kind of over the off season uh, work on uh, I did a little bit of both. Uh, it's always good to get runs in, uh, mm-hmm. especially going against other pros, other college players. So I did a little bit of that. And obviously I was in the gym by myself yeah. with my teammates, you know, just getting shots up. What was what was the best run that you you went to over the summer? Uh, probably one in Dallas. Uh, I went with a couple of my teammates. Uh, there was a lot of college guys there, a couple of professionals, a couple of NBA players. So yeah, that, that was the best one. Yeah, any any, any name drops? Like, who who are we talking there? Uh, or do you have to sign an NDA when you get there? Be like, we can't we can't talk about this. Nah, nah. Uh, it was it was a couple of NBA. I'm trying to think. Uh, it was a dude from the Heat. He went to Kansas. I forgot his name. Uh, I forgot his name. Why am I blanking on his name? Hold on. <laughs> he played for the Heat. Yeah, his name. Why am I blanking on his name? Hold every, on. Every year we, we do draft um, reviews of the NBA and we can't even think of him. No, hold on. I'll get it. He was a guard, like 6'5 point guard. Got his name. Let's I think see. he won number zero. It can't, I don't Richardson? know. Josh Richardson? No, nah, not Josh Richardson. Uh, not, Caleb, not Caleb Martin. Not RJ Hampton. What do you say, Luke? Nah, I don't know if he still played for the Heat, but I know he. Hey, man, played I played for the Heat at one point. I forgot his name. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we will get our our <laughs> team on it. <laughs> Marcus Garrett. That's what it was. Marcus Garrett. Oh, Marcus oh, Garrett. Okay. Marcus Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. there. Uh, and there was a couple other players. It was a lot of college guys, though. Yeah. A lot that's of college cool. guys. Yeah. I'm always curious about how those kind of go. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Bree, do you have any any other uh, real questions, questions before? Um, I no, I don't I don't think so. I, I guess I do have one more. I, I'm curious. Uh, with the assistant coaches, obviously, uh, you mm. had a lot of new assistants in there. You know, you keep Dre, obviously, who – gets promoted but yeah forte and um the the rest of the staff kind of changes there what's the energy that they bring you know how would you describe uh, them and what what they do well uh well you know coach forte recruited me when he was at sam houston uh it was like the second offer i ever had and um and i I really liked them doing throughout the recruiting process um we talked a lot and um you know it's crazy how we we get in touch once again and as soon as he got the job in North Texas, he called me and said, um, we finally get to um, be together. So, yeah, um, I, I really like Coach Forte. And, you know, Coach Estelle, he's just, he just – he brings family vibes, you know. Just, you know, he's just all a big family. With all the coaches, he's just family. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel you feel like a veteran now? I do feel like a veteran. I got, <laughs> um, you know, Alex Cotton, the freshman, he calls yeah. me vet all the time. It's crazy. He calls you what? He calls me vet all the time. Vet. Yeah. 20-year-old bit. It's crazy. That's crazy. I, yeah, it's weird in college because, like, yeah, in the NBA, I feel like that's, like, reserved for, like, 40-year-olds, you know? Yeah, it's like, exactly. yeah, you're waiting until you hit 35. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we call it, like, 22-year-olds bit. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Is the – I guess we asked Bugs this question last uh, last podcast, too. Uh, you guys are obviously one of the American, and you're playing against, you know, bigger teams, being on TV more. Is there a matchup that you're most excited for? You know, Penny in the pit? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, FAU, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially them. You know, we played them twice. And, you know, SMU. That's a big, a big rival for us. So that's going to be a good game for us too. Yeah, and y'all never played SMU at least yeah, recently. So that, I haven't. Yeah, they've been they've been ducking y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colin, go ahead. Um, so we ask every player uh, two questions to every end every podcast. Uh, I guess first one: if you weren't a basketball player, what would be your second sport? Football for sure. I used to I played football in middle school. I was receiver and safety. You know, I was the tallest guy, so yeah, I just threw just, the ball up. Like, it. you could just stand there and just grab it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, hobby outside of basketball. So you go home. What are you doing? To uh, I actually have a dog, so um, just playing with him, feeding him, taking him on walks. What kind of dog you got? Huh? What kind of dog you got? A uh, pit. Oh. About five months. Yeah. That's awesome. Colin, Colin, you got your dogs in there? No, they're out there so they don't bark. Colin just got a second dog, so yeah. he's yeah. living the life out there. I love dogs. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Uh, thank. Oh, he muted himself. Gosh, Bruni. Hold on, hold on. Jeez. Can't move my mic. All right. Uh, but yeah, Aaron. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we look forward to this year. Um, we, you know, obviously big basketball guys. I got the NIT shirt on right now. Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. There we go. So, uh, yeah, best of luck this year, and uh, we'll be rooting for you. Appreciate y'all. For sure. All right, Colin. Ella, oh, whoa. whoa. LSU. Wow. North Texas versus um, Tulane. Again, North Texas will be right here an hour away from me. Uh, you should go see him. In New Orleans. I can't conflict. Well, conflict. listen, I think you got to pick your, your first love. Scheduling conflict. <laughs> You hate to see them. Um, but, yeah, North Texas versus Tulane um, in New Orleans, a game that begins the stretch of death that we have coined this stretch for North this Texas. This is the game of death. This is the game of death. This is – here's where I'll, I'll start with Tulane. Tulane is, in my opinion, the best team in the American by a decent margin. I would have Memphis second right now, mm-hmm. Memphis then SMU. Um, and we saw, obviously, Tulane and Memphis play last Friday. Um, Tulane comes back uh, from down 21 to 10 to win 31 to 21. Um, very impressive showing in the second half from Tulane there. I think Tulane's the best team in the American. I think Tulane has an argument that they are the best team, the best G5 team in the country. Um, I know Air Force gets a lot of love. Air Force is great. I think Tulane very well could have beaten Ole Miss if it had its starting quarterback in that game. And we yep. could be talking about a 6-0, and you know, two-lane team that would be top 12 in the country or so. Yeah. Like, that's the level of team we're talking about here. And I just need everybody to understand that. It, was, it is also their homecoming game. Yeah. And there's just a lot of things that go into this game that I say, all right, I don't like the matchup for North Texas. I think Tulane is an incredible team. They obviously last year beat USC in a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, They lost a lot of talent from that team. Tajay Spears at at running back, um, lost some defensive players too. But I'm going into this game with an open mind, an open heart. The spread is 20, the over-under 63, Colin. how, How are you feeling going into it? You said all that to say that they're going to get destroyed. I said all that to say I think Tulane is just on a different level just, from just, everybody else in the conference yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, except for Memphis, kind of. Memphis Memphis looked really good in that game. That yeah. was 
but even in that game, which we'll talk, I, I wanted to throw it to you, then throw it back to me, but I'll keep going. <laughs> Seth Hennigan in that Memphis game played really, really, really well. Yeah. And that's what obviously Rogers is going to have to do. Like he's going to have to put the team on his back, make tough throw after tough throw. Yeah. All right. So back to me now back after, to throwing, after throwing it back to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, North Texas. I don't know. And personally, I don't see there's a way to win, but I'd like to see some competitiveness. Obviously they're a top 23 team or they are the 23rd team uh, wins Memphis UAB nickel state USM. But uh it's hard to preview a game where it's like they don't when you, in your mind you don't think there's a chance to win because I personally don't think there's a chance for them to win. Well, it becomes what do we want to see from North Texas? Right. And I think what I'd like to see is Chandler Rogers have a good a good game in the context of of playing Tulane and the defense show some flashes still. Uh because although Tulane is not a super crazy offense, they can still put up points and they are like you said are probably one of if not the best group of five team out there all right real quick on Tulane um I think one of my biggest concerns for North Texas going into this is um the pass protection for Rodgers we saw it actually hold up pretty well against Temple obviously Temple's maybe the worst team in the conference um I think we saw against Navy eight sacks like they couldn't pick up blitzes uh you know offensive line kind of struggled Tulane is on a different level as far as defensive line goes. I watched Tulane versus Ole Miss when I was prepping Ole Miss LSU. Tulane legitimately was better up front, had a better front seven than LSU did in that game, in their game against Ole Miss. Like yeah. Tulane can get after the passer, can stuff the runs. Like the defensive line for Tulane is terrifying. And that's where this is a massive test for the offensive line. And like we said, Eric Morris last week, we thought called a great game. Mm-hmm. And I still think that's true, but it's it's a little different calling a game where you are undermanned to this degree. And Tulane has proven against an SEC team that it can kind of bully it up front. Now you're going against North Texas, who, I mean, just speaking offense against Tulane's defense, you know, that is a matchup that I'm scared of because – we saw it just – we saw North Texas kind of just run all over Temple. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't expect that to be the case. Well, I think North Texas will score, though. I think – I don't think it will – like, I don't think they're going to get shut out. I don't think they'll get shut out. They're not going to score as many points as they have been. But no. to your point about their front seven, uh, Julian only allows 79 rushing yards a game. So, for North Texas to try to lean on Oscar Attaway Oscar, or uh, Adeyi – it's going to be tough, and Chandler's going to have to throw the ball a lot, assuming that they're down especially. So uh, he's going to have to get the ball out quick. You mentioned Eric Morris having play calls. He better have something dialed up where he can get that thing out quick because they're going to get to him. They're going to get to him. Um, I believe, no, Ole Miss averaged only two and a half yards per carry against Tulane. Um, yeah. 35 carries for 89 yards. That does include sacks. Um, Ole Miss was able to throw the ball a bit better on Tulane. I think that's obviously like, and that's where you get into where Lane Kiffin, and that's where we want Eric Morris to kind of be the Americans version of Lane Kiffin in terms of schematics, in terms yeah. of being able to scheme players open, staying a step ahead. We saw against Tulane, the the scripted stuff was really, really good. That's going to be, have, that's going to have to be where they win some matchups. Like 
and I know we'll, maybe we do it in our pick or something, but what's a reasonable like score you want North Texas? Like if North Texas scores 17 points. I'd like I'd like 21, but 17's fine. Yeah. Okay. So three <laughs> touchdowns preferably. Yeah. yeah. Jamore Macklin's obviously been great. The receiver unit has been very good. I just think this is a battle where if North Texas can't block Tulane and this becomes a one-dimensional matchup, I'm quite concerned yeah. um, for North Texas as, as an offense. Again, that's and again, I think regardless of what happens here, I don't I'm probably not gonna take too too much from it. Like I'm not gonna come away and be like, oh, North Texas offense sucks now because they scored 10 yeah. against Tulane. Right. This is a step that I think North Texas is going to have to take this year, and it's the best team they've played, like, by far. I think they're much better than Cal, and we're going to have to see how they match up. Tulane, to this point in the year, I also want to add this on, has nine interceptions in six games. They Mm. are an incredibly aggressive defense. They're going to force turnovers. We just have to hope those turnovers don't kill field position as much. So Right. Yeah, and to your to your point about not taking anything away from this game, I think the only thing we take away is if it was positive, because obviously then you're doing something good if it's yeah. against a good team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, personally, I don't think it's going to be a skill position player issue. It's going to be that front, uh, like you said, because obviously we know Macklin can get open. The running backs are good. But if Chandler doesn't have time to throw the ball and if the running backs don't have holes to run through, then, well, yeah, you don't have a whole lot of a recipe for success there. Yeah. All right, let's flip it. Tulane's offense versus North Texas defense. Yeah. <laughs> North Texas defense continues to rank um, pretty much at the bottom. Oh, also, last stat on Tulane's defense that I have is uh, they are 33rd in the country in uh, third down defense, allowing teams to only convert 34% of their third downs. Very, very, yeah. good. very good number there. Okay. Tulane's offense, Michael Pratt at quarterback. He was at running back. Um it is a really, really efficient offense. Like I said, when they lost to Ole Miss, they did not have Michael Pratt um, and started Kai Horton, who I believe is a true freshman or second-year player uh, out of uh, Carthage, Texas. So you have Michael Pratt back, or um, one of the better quarterbacks in the American, completing 70% of his throws, uh, nine, touchdown to one, nine touchdowns to one interception, uh, four games played this year um, out of six. He was good against Memphis. He's going to be good against North Texas. The question is, can you limit the big plays? I think, can you make them work for some drives and try to get them in the red zone to hold them to three potentially, you know, not, not give up those boom plays that will just kind of torch you. Um, so yeah, Michael Pratt quarterback's really good. I was, I was impressed with Makai Hughes at running back for Tulane against Memphis he was shedding tackles left yeah. and right, uh, which is very concerning for a North Texas defense that has struggled to um, tackle this year. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. <laughs> we, at least. I don't want to alarm people, but if y'all thought this defense was turning a corner because of the Temple game, I think this is setting up to be uh, – you're going to be disappointed. Well, I feel like you prep people well enough in that last podcast if they listened that you're playing yeah. a second string quarterback who doesn't throw the ball in an offense that only knows how to throw the ball. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm equally as concerned. Um, as you said, though, I don't think there's much you can take away from it. We know what Tulane is. 
I do want to kind of throw a big picture question out there just because it's kind of fun to, to say. What what do you think it would take for North Texas to get to the point where they can compete with the Tulane? You mean this in this game or the, not in not in this game? Or? But like obviously that's the goal, right? Well, like you want to be a good group of five team. Yeah. Ask me that question in about five minutes. Let's let's finish recapping this game and then we can talk big picture, I think. Okay. I think that's a good way of approaching. But I like that question. Um the only thing I will say of this defense, the Nortex defense, that we can see if it's a positive. Like, like again, we can only really take away positives here. We know what this defense is. We know its limitations. We know what it is and is not. I would like to see more of four down front. I think mm-hmm. they're going to have to be more physical. I think that's necessary. Yeah, I don't think you can run <laughs> the 3-3-5 against uh, this offense. They're going to just gash it. Um, I feel like there are going to be opportunities maybe to, you know, make a play in the back end. This is big for Rich Tejada. This is big for the safeties. Um, and overall, I think this team just kind of has to approach this game as we got nothing to lose. Let's go out, play with yeah. our hair on fire, maybe try to make a play. Like if the play is there to be made, go get it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what else to take from this, but this is just a really good two lane team. And um, it's not the same as like SMU, um, where we go into that game, A, because it's a rivalry game. We play them every year. But this is a Temple team, a Tulane team, that has accomplished infinitely more than SMU has in recent years. They are a better team this year than SMU. And so I'm not – I don't want this to be a precursor for the rest of the stretch of death. I think right. Tulane is on a um, level of its own yeah. to a degree. And so I want to make sure people understand that. When North Texas plays Memphis, um, SMU, and UTSA, my expectations will be higher. Yeah. All right. But at this moment, going into this game, I do not see a viable path for North Texas to win. And that is, I think this is the only game this entire season I'm going to say that. So, again, maybe that's overly negative. Maybe I don't need to be that negative. But um, I think we'll come away from this game setting our expectations here right then it's something good all right now we can look into what is improved what we can take from this game moving into the rest of the stretch of death um anything else on this one nope all right now we can go into your big picture question Uh, what would it it take to get to Tulane's level not Tulane's level to compete with a team like Tulane to compete with a team like Tulane. Because obviously you said they're different because they are. They are like to be a Memphis. What's it take to be a Memphis every year? What's it take to be? Because uh, that's always been the goal for North Texas team, right? Like you, when we got Seth, that was the goal, yeah. you know, and then you get some top 25 votes that one year and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, we're a really good group of five team. Well, now you're kind of not that anymore. So what do you think it takes to get there in this conference? I will say coach retention once you have a good coach willie fritz for tulane has been incredible Mm -hmm. could have left over this offseason he's an older coach he said nope i'm gonna stay i'm gonna coach tulane and we're gonna you know keep going when you get that coach and you can retain them i think that is a massive massive part of it and obviously jeff trailer utsa similar type thing um memphis has kind of always been pretty good regardless of the coach but you look at two lanes um you look at the other schools in the conference it mostly depends on your coach and if you can retain that coach and if you can keep that going i think that's the main thing if eric morris ends up being a very good coach for north texas like kind of like jeff trailer if he gets them to that jeff trailer level where they're winning eight nine ten games a year mm-hmm. 
retaining them is is number one priority and that's obviously very very difficult every year um but second to that i would say something we talked about in the off season i think recruiting uh obviously high school recruiting in the area is is really really big in terms of tulane has new orleans and the louisiana area north texas has dallas the dfw area I think if you recruit your area very well, especially in the transfer portal area, uh, transfer portal era, mm-hmm. you have a better chance at retaining those players. You have a better chance at uh, bringing those players home if they go somewhere else. I just think that's really, really important. So those would be my two main things. If you have a hotbed of talent like Memphis does, like Tim Tulane does, North Texas does, I mean, we've even seen kind of Rice dip into Houston a bit yeah. more than – I think previously. So if you have those areas of, of hotbed talent, you have to really, really recruit them. So those would be the two things big picture wise, um, which is kind of what, we, what we've always said, but those are my two things. I'd have to go look at, I wonder what Tulane's transfer class was this year. I feel like it's gotta so be crazy. You can, you can give your thoughts on that while I do that. No, I completely agree. Cause I mean, time and time again, we said that North Texas didn't have the foundation they needed to sustain that success that they had with Mason because they kind of just skipped all that and had Mason. Yeah. Um, Eric Morris thus far has shown that he can recruit this area better a little bit. Um, and that, that'll only hopefully improve. And then especially you mentioned the transfer portal era. I think I could, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that you can only transfer once now, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, if you, if, yeah, if North Texas gets a transfer from somewhere, yeah. like they can't transfer somewhere else and play immediately. So that is right. a huge. So I think, so I think that helps as well for, for especially a group of five teams, um, and obviously North Texas being that. Um, I think the coach thing, like you said, Willie Fritz, he's older. I think it's going to be really hard to hold an Eric Morris if he's really good. Yeah. Because we saw Seth, you know, almost go to Kansas State. And then, you know, Jeff Trailer obviously is, is with the UTSA. But I think we all know that that's eventually going to end uh, just because of UTSA's facilities. But um, yeah. I think building that foundation and that brand of UNT – helps a lot more i'm looking at the their transfer portal additions here um i do think it's going to be really important for north texas to hit the transfer portal this year Mm -hmm. and that is not a slight to the talent on the team i think there is some talent on the team but you have to get i look at for instance tulane got and i haven't even checked let me see um Tulane got over the offseason. He is, I mean, it says he's starting. So uh, they added Cam Wire, who was a offensive lineman at LSU uh, mm-hmm. the past two years, actually started in their first game last year um, before getting benched. But like you get th- those guys, right? You get right. the backups. That and that's what LSU. allows you to com- compete with the SECs. Yeah, school. exactly. Is they've been there, they know what it takes. Like then they get a corner from Northwestern. Um, they get a receiver from Louisiana Lafayette. They get a wide receiver from Texas A&M. Um, they get, let's see, let's keep going down the list. Uh, safety from Louisiana Lafayette. They get a running back from Liberty. Like you, you get those type of players, and they're not all going to work out. But the ones that do, you get, you build up enough depth because then you don't have to rush in the young players. You know, imagine if North Texas had a linebacker transfer that was solid that could play, then you maybe have a little bit more freedom to work with some other guys in there. Um, there's just, 
I think that's my main thing going into uh, whenever we do go into the offseason is, all right, how do they approach the transfer portal? Because DFW has a lot of kids across the country that maybe want to come home or maybe aren't happy with with where they're at. You pitch them on coming home and playing time. That's really, really strong for a lot of people. So that's what I'm interested in long term. I agree. Okay, pick them. Great. Pick them. What's the score? I'm down four or three. Current score, Bruni, 16, Colin, 12. Yep. 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 Tulane. All right. Um, My first one, Colin, I will pose to you. North Texas forced turnovers over under 0.5. Will they North force Texas, a turnover? Will North Texas force a turnover? Yes or no? This is a game where I feel like if Tulane gets a little too comfortable – He's only thrown one pick. I know. And he's played teams worse than North Texas. Better. Or yeah, but also worse. Also worse, yes. Yeah. So like trap game is what I'm saying. Like yes. him like just getting crazy with it. Um under. Okay. God, that's a great line. That's tough. <laughs> I didn't even check the running back. <laughs> you got uh, hands, big fella? Zero fumbles. Okay. Zero folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's so. my first one. Um, so that's a defensive one. Offense. Okay. So North Texas allowed eight sacks against Navy. Mm-hmm. Sacks allowed. Oh, this is a hard line to set. This is a really hard line to set. Um, I'm going to go sacks allowed. Four and a half. Four and a half. See, I feel like he's going to get hit a lot, but will they all be sacks? That's a good question. Oh, man. I mean, so against Memphis, they had only three sacks. Yeah, but Hennigan was getting hit in that game, too. That's what I mean. Like, what's going to be a hit and what's going to be a sack? That's yeah. tough. You said four and a half? Yep. I like that line. Oh, it's such a good line. Uh, Give me... I'm good either way. Give me I'm under. You said the under? Okay. Yeah. God, that's, that's 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 a tough line. That's a really good line. Yeah, these are way better than last last week. Maybe we'll actually <laughs> maybe we'll actually not just swap and yeah, win the pick. other person's lines. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been doing All it. All right. Mine. Chandler Rogers has also only thrown one pick. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have to get the ball out quicker. Chandler Rogers. Oh. This is tough. Over under. I'm gonna say two and a half picks, but I think that's crazy. Say whatever you want. One and a half picks. He throws one and a half picks. Um. I'm going to say, oh, under. Okay. I'm kind of scared of that. I think it's a pretty good line. I think it's a pretty good line. That's a pretty good line. Um, okay, so that's an offensive that, or defensive one. That's an offensive one. Or offensive one, my fault. Let's do Jamoy Macklin. No. No, we didn't run uh, rush yards per, carry, or yards per carry too much. Let's not do that. Um, Jamoy Macklin. 
He's going crazy. Um, Shout out to Jamori Macklin. I think he is tied for. Well, there's like three people. There's like four people that have nine touchdowns, and he has eight. So he has eight. Yeah. Whatever tied for fifth or something. I don't know. All right. Jamori Macklin over under. No, I can't do that. We're going to do a two lane score. Two lane over under 39 and a half points. Over. <laughs> I'm hoping that they I hoping that clock gets killed. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, see, but I don't I don't know if it's gonna be over. Okay. Gonna be over. Well, you have the they only they only put up 35 against UAB. They actually haven't broken 40 this year. Colin, they played they Nickel played North, State. And they played North Texas. They played Nickel State. Nickel State, they put up 36. Southern Miss, they put up 21. I like this line. Lock it in. All right, we're locking it in. All right, final score predictions. Uh, I'm going. It's, it's you. I'm going. Forty-five to uh, forty-five to twenty. <laughs> forty-five <laughs> to damn. I don't like this. Forty-five to twenty. Too late. Forty-five to twenty. Damn. I'm gonna go 39 to keep my under. Yeah. To 39. I'd, I wanted to say 21, but I can't do that with you at 20. No, do it. Do whatever you want. Oh, but if I get the exact score, if I get the exact score, that's big. But they're gonna have field goals. I'm gonna go. F- but you have 39. Nobody's scoring 39. You don't have. The, you're not getting the exact score. Someone could score 39, Bruni. You sure. Okay. All right. What you got? Come on. 39 to 21 then. All right, there you have it. We'll have our graphic out later in the week. Mm. Let us know what you think. I need points. I need points points here. We're getting to the back half of the season. I I can't keep washing. I I just can't. We can't. I can't. You keep picking away one week at a time, one point here, one Mm -hmm. point there. Yep. You need a you need a five zero week. That's what you need. I need like a two point. Like if I get two points, I'm on cloud nine. We're we're good. I don't even think that's possible because it's either five zero four one three two. Five zero four. I can't get. Oh yeah, you're right. Unless there's a push somewhere, like if we push the score, I guess. Mm. Okay. Well, that's all we have for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the uh, episode. If you're watching on YouTube, check out all of the videos we're putting them out separate now so the aaron scott video will be separate from this um hope you all enjoyed that shout out to aaron for coming on next week we might try to have another big time guest on we'll see because their scrimmage is coming up very soon so gotta get them before the season starts um yeah we'll be back after the, or sometime maybe probably sunday morning because the game is late isn't it 7 p.m uh it is at 2.30. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. My, my day just got way easier then. Yeah, 2.30. Okay. Um, Still probably have to do it on Sunday morning. Yeah, I'll be at a baby shower. Or Saturday night. Okay, we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Um, That's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe. Um, And yeah, follow us on Twitter. I think we're almost at... 270 Colin 
only need two last week, Rudy. We were at 269 last I checked. Let's see. We're at 269. Oof. Tough. 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 Very you, tough. You hate to see it. 37% of you aren't subscribed, so subscribe. Thank you. Subscribe, please. Uh, and if you're watching this as a Temple fan or a Tulane fan, subscribe anyway. It's going to kill me going back and forth between Temple and Tulane. Um, if you're a Tulane fan, subscribe anyways. You know, go ahead. Talk, yeah, talk pump those you. numbers up. Yeah, pop those numbers up. Yeah, hey, UTSA, if we make a video about UTSA, we get like a 1,000 views. So go ahead. I mean, Cal as well. Cal people like liked watching our stuff. So shout out to the Tulane fans. Check UTSA people are different, though, because they hate North Texas, whereas yeah. Cal doesn't hate North Texas. Well, so. Cal video got 1.1K. Yeah. So. Well, I'm saying UTSA people watch. They won't subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us. We will talk to you later.